You're listening to The Tidbit, brought to you by Curate. I'm your host and the CEO of Curate, Kim Bryden. Do you run a small business or have dreams to start one? Here at The Tidbit, we've got your back. We talk through tidbits of knowledge around starting or running a small business with a food and beverage lens. You are tuning into a special series, The Tidbit Takes the Road. In October 2020, I decided to hit the road on a cross-country listening tour to learn more about how non-coastal small businesses and small towns had been faring. How are people adapting and innovating? What new ways are people thinking about the economy? I recorded interviews from Ohio to New Mexico, and they are rolling out, so strap in, folks. Whether you're walking, driving, exercise bicycling, let's hit the road. A quick note before introducing our guest, this interview was recorded during the COVID-19 public health emergency, so that means the tidbit takes the road was conducted outdoors, so please be kind about any audio mishaps that may transpire. On this episode of the tidbit takes the road, we sit down with Kim Houston. Kim is the president of the Nelson County Economic Development Agency in Bardstown, Kentucky, But even more interestingly, Kim is the author of The Economics of Vice, The Rebirth of Bourbon, Building a Tourism Economy in Small Town, USA. I love everything about who Kim is, what she stands for, what she has built with her career, and I cannot wait for you to learn more about her journey, her story, and The Rebirth of Bourbon. We are live from Bardstown, Kentucky, and I'm here with Kim Houston. Wonderful. Thanks for being here. Thank and who you. are you, Kim, in this town? Who am I? <laughs> I ask that question every morning when I wake up. Who am I? I'm actually the president of the Nelson County Economic Development Agency, and what is that? Mm-hmm. I'm responsible for bringing industries in, businesses in, recruiting people to live here, to work here, to play here and uh, work between our, our county governments here to just to make Bardstown a better place to live, work, and play. You have a really great headline for the town, the most beautiful small town in America. And that is not self-designated oh. as good as it sounds. That was a contest with USA Today mm. and Rand McNally, and they had a national contest with the Travel Channel. Whoa. And they actually sent judges around to pick and they came into Bardstown and we wooed them with our charm and our <laughs> small town, you small know, town swagger, swagger yeah. and all that. And actually, uh, in a Travel Channel presentation and production, they named Bardstown the most beautiful small town in America. Ooh. And they said, what, what my favorite part of that was, it wasn't that we were beautiful just on the outside, but we were beautiful on the inside, meaning the people here were very welcoming and you felt not like a visitor, but you felt like you were coming home. Oh, and wow. they loved that. So they said Bardstown was beautiful on the inside and out. Now we beat Sedona, Arizona. Okay. If that tells you anything. And that's beautiful with the big rocks. But this was kind of a different beautiful too. So mm-hmm. we, we wear that proudly and we will always have that title. Oh, that makes me really happy to hear. (laughs) Also, on this tidbit takes the road journey, I'm ending in Sedona. Oh, you are? And then I fly back over to D.C. But anyways, it's just really fascinating to hear that. Don't mention Bardstown, Kentucky. (laughs) I think they're still a little bitter. (laughs) 
So we are sitting, it's just a gorgeous fall day. Um, we're sitting outdoors. I'm drinking a bourbon barrel aged beer. It's yes. incredible. Um, I am so eager to tour some of the bourbon distilleries around here. I'm going to Buffalo Trace tomorrow. Love but it. You are the author of this incredible book I'm holding in my hand called The Rebirth of Bourbon, Building a Tourism Economy in Small Town USA. But I, I want to make sure I also mention, um, which I just did not, it says Economics of Vice. The, this is a series, uh -huh. the Economics of Vice. We're the first in a series of several Denver and what the pot industry has done for that industry as part of this vice series. Interesting. Yeah, I wasn't sure I liked the vice word I there for it. a while, but then I thought, oh, you know, that has a ring to it and that has a, I don't know, there's some aura that surrounds vice. Yeah. You know, you could, we could build a whole tourism thing on the vice thing, you Ooh. know, so we have our most beautiful small town people that come uh -huh. and then we have our vice people to come. So oh. it's hitting several demographics. You know, there's a, TV series on HBO called Westworld. Have you watched it? I have. I feel like there's some sort of some Westworld vibe going on here. <laughs> you could be right. Well, on the back it says, bourbon's popularity is now a global phenomenon, but you need only look at Bardstown, Kentucky to see its remarkable and evolving impacts. This historic city of 13,500 people is booming as a result, but it's also enduring growing pains. Fascinating. Fascinating. I'm intrigued. So tell me, like, why did this come to be, this book? Tell me more about these both positive impacts and the growing pains. Sure. You know, the book has a great story of why it, it, it's even out there in the first place. A couple of years ago, Clay Risen is a reporter for the uh, New York Times, and he came into Bardstown, and we hosted him, and we took him all around, and you know, introduced him to the master distillers and showed him just, you know, what Bardstown is. And uh, he wrote this beautiful article in the New York Times about the napification of bourbon. Oh, Meaning the communities, you know, the communities here, we are, you know, we are to bourbon what wine is to Napa Valley. Yeah. And that is what it is. Well, this London publishing company read that were very intrigued and called me and said, I think we have a book there. We'd like to learn more. And we're doing an economics of vice series that uh, we would just love to, to hear about your story, mm -hmm. your story, how you all became who you are. And it's an academic book mm -hmm. and, it's a, and it's a study manual, but it's an interesting story as well too. So, yeah. and that's how it was. So I hired a ghostwriter and my tourism director at the time was Mike Mangip. And uh, we got together and started writing uh, this book and then turned it over to our ghostwriter to finish it up. And I am so proud of this book. It's a, it's a small book and it's an easy read mm -hmm. and it's fun. It, it really does. It's, you know, it's, it's broken in really short chapters, but it's so fun. And, and you hear our story about Bardstown and how we are the bourbon capital of the world. But it took the biggest man in bourbon, Bill Samuels, with Maker's Mark to shake us up mm -hmm. and to say, get off your rumps and you need to do better because other communities are now trying to call themselves the bourbon capital of the world. Mm -hmm. But we had always been the bourbon capital of the world. We were bourbon before bur bourbon was cool. <laughs> you know, we were, we've always had in dozens of distilleries, even, you know, pre-prohibition and then several after, of course, 
but bourbon really wasn't cool mm. um, up until you know 20 years ago. So we like thought, early 2000s. Yeah, in early wow. 2000s, and you know, and, and we took it for granted. We're the only people that have distilleries. We're the only people that have warehouses. But then, when the bourbon boom hit, all these new distilleries started being built, and they weren't all in Bardstown. They were in other places, and uh, other people started trying to take that title. And so, we had Bill Samuels, who is the um, who was a former president, the number one of the probably best known men in um, the bourbon industry as the Maker's Mark guy, who came in and said, basically, y'all need to step the hell up, mm. and that's pretty much how I heard it wow. and Louisville is coming in and they've got all this investment and they're going to take your bourbon capital of the world title Bill was born and raised here even though his distillery and his corporate headquarters are in Louisville and distilleries in Lebanon he still wanted to take care of his small town and make sure we were taken care of and thus we started this whole rebirth process and it has just you know blown up wow. ever since Wow, and and you're from Bardstown. I am. I'm born and raised in a little town called Bloomfield, which is just minutes away from here. Wow. But my entire career um, has been work career has been here in Bardstown. Pretty much doing similar stuff than yeah. what I'm doing right now. <laughs> That's incredible. And why do you think there was such a drive to make sure Bardstown kept that title? I mean, the I imagine to take it away we're not necessarily outside of Kentucky it was within the state that things sure. were popping up and cropping up but right. why why is that so important for Bardstown to hold on to as an identity other than the fact that it all started here. it all started yeah. here well you know it's we're the authentic bourbon experience we are where the bourbon is made you can go to other big cities in Kentucky, I'm not going to name any, Louisville, and um, they they have these cute little distilleries that are down on Whiskey Row and, and beautiful, and they've done a lot of investment down there. But if you want to touch it and smell it and see it and live it, the bourbon, and see the corn that grows to go in it, you have to come to the country. You have to come to bourbon country, and you have to come yeah. to Bardstown. It's like, you know, it's like, sitting you know in San Francisco and experiencing wine country well you can't do that you have to go across the bridge uh -huh. and you have to go into wine country to really experience the wineries see the grapes growing and all that so we consider Louisville is our San Francisco I see you go there you fly in you have your big city urban trail bourbon experience you have your boutique hotels you have you rent your car there but you have to come to Bardstown to actually experience the bourbon. Yeah. And uh, so we work well together. Right. We work well. There, it's it's big enough. The the industry is big enough for all of us. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. And I feel really connected to this part of being able to see, touch, smell not just the final product of bourbon, but you mentioned the cornfields. Sure. Like knowing that whole supply chain that goes into the process of making that that product is here I love that it is here and you know the people that are working in these distilleries they're generations mm -hmm. of people you know people's granddads uh, great-granddads worked at Jim Beam distillery you know when way back when you know pre-prohibition wow. 
and we know how to make it. Mm -hmm. We've been making it all of our lives. Yeah. So it, it wasn't hard when bourbon got big again to kick it into high gear and start making it at a much faster pace. We know how to do it. We have the amenities here. They make barrels here. They grow mm. the trees around here. You have cooperages? Yeah, yeah, we have cooperages. Yeah, so those are, those are all in this region. So, you know, everything is right here. There are states that have more distilleries than we do, but per capita, they're bigger states. But we still, this is this is pretty much where it all started here. Yeah, and yeah. all of those, like a cooperage, which if listener, you might not know, or I hope you do, but perhaps you don't know what that is. A cooper is someone who is creating the barrel, barrel to right. hold the bourbon in. Right. So I love that, again, the farmer that's growing the mm -hmm. corn, the cooper, like this entire industry around that final product can right. emerge. Yes. So all of this rebirth was occurring over the past 20 years or so. And now here we are in 2020. Mm -hmm. Lots of things have happened this year. You think? <laughs> <laughs> lots of, yeah. lots of shakeups have occurred. And so I'm wondering in your reimagining what Bardstown could be from this point forward for the next right. five years. Right. How has that changed, that vision changed from, let's say, a vision you had a year ago? Yeah. Well, you know, we just, I consider, we just put ourselves on pause. Mm. We put ourselves on pause. Our distilleries uh, adapted and made hand sanitizer and distribute them all over the world to first responders and, and all of that. So we were really, really proud of our distilleries at the time for doing that. However, we kept making bourbon. Oh, so the bourbon I'm never sure stopped. People, people didn't want to stop drinking. People, <laughs> no, you know, and, and for some distilleries, and I learned all this during the process, some distilleries soared because they sell in retail only. People were buying bourbon. You know, people were drinking, they were home more, so they were drinking more. Those that sold only like at bars and stuff struggled yeah. because the bars weren't open. You couldn't go to the bars for many, many months. But I consider ourselves putting it, we just put ourselves on hold because as of right now, today in Bardstown, we are probably at that level of visitation that I expected to be at when we projected this time last year. Wow, so it's um, really kicked it's back. It's kicked back wow. in. And it's, it's not because, you know, we held off on a lot of our marketing campaigns, mm -hmm. but I think people f feel comfortable in a small town. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of people who are driving in. Mm -hmm. We're not a, a fly-in town. Hello, so, here I Yes, am. here you yeah. are. <laughs> and we see a lot of that. We're seeing a lot of Indiana, Ohio, Tennessee, West Virginia. A lot of people just in the area that are taking week-long trips that are close. Yeah. But they've come back and they're here. And our levels right now are what, you know, are, are similar to what we have projected really mm -hmm. to be in October of 2020. Wow. So it's, it's kind of incredible. And that's why I say, we just put a pause. We mm -hmm. just paused for a few months, but now we're back, you know, we fast forward and here we are. Yeah, yeah. I think this is a, the point you're making about people feeling comfortable in small towns. That, I feel like is a point that's really resonating to me on this journey is that the trust that's built and it feels like because you're entering into this community people have one another's backs yes and so in in larger 
city metro areas, perhaps you don't know your neighbor as much as you might want to. Right. And so entering into this space immediately, I can just tell people, people care about that like connectivity Mm -hmm. of you and your neighbor right do you feel that we do have that here and I think we've always had that Mm -hmm. and I think the small town thing and also is you know we want to go by the rules we want to be better we want COVID to go away we want our numbers to be low so we're we're one hell of a speech oh Hey, hey. Good. good. <laughs> That's a good friend of mine, Jeff uh, I love Mills that. from the city of Bardstown. Hence the exact yeah. thing I was just there at. Yeah, yeah. There you see. Jeff strolling just, on by. Yeah, just cue the Bardstown <laughs> resident at the time. But Jeff is uh, was like a city engineer manager for many, many years. So uh-huh. A good friend and hung out with them a lot at this place as a matter of fact so but anyhow you know I just think people feel comfortable they're smaller crowds they're smaller numbers of people Mm -hmm. we can deal with it easy because we're smaller and uh, I I just I I just see I I work in the visitor center I work in the welcome center that's my office and I talk to these people every day and I see them coming in and I hear their stories and why they're here and they say I'm just cooped up I had to go somewhere I've heard about bourbon for so long I've never had a chance to take a trip but I'm working from home now so we decided we could take off I mean these stories there there are dozens and dozens of stories on why people are finding us but however they are I'm just glad they are you know I I work in supply chain myself this is what curate does day in and day out and we make people i hope more conscious about how their purchasing dollars affect local economies right and even the fact that someone said they're they're cooped up and they just always wanted to know more about bourbon right i wonder if there's a sense of people feeling so disconnected from our system so often Mm -hmm. like we have these massive global supply chains and Anyways, lots of different elements of our lives feel very macro. Yes. And so to come here and see a process, Mm -hmm. suddenly there's more transparency. You're like, ah, that's how it's made. I wonder if it's anything like that that's emerging. Well, the good thing is the process is here from beginning to end. Exactly. It's not a parts not being made in Japan being sent here to put the windshield wiper in that's being sent to Toyota to put the whole car together. Right. You know, from growing the corn here to putting it in the bottle and aging it in the warehouse mm-hmm. and then getting it out and having it, re- it's, here. it's all here. It's all here. Yeah. It's all here. And each of the distilleries are doing all that. So, you know, we, as the community grows as all of as we do better then the distillery is going to do better because everything is right here exactly. everything in that particular process is right here yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i love that i find that more and more people are looking for that integrity like to to walk the walk mm-hmm. essentially right oh no I have a I have a bee in my in bourbon your bourbon see even the bees love bourbon there you go. I hope he gets out of there. See, you're the kind of girl that I like, and you're just going to drink that beer now. Of course and I just am. Just a little honey in there now. <laughs> just a Bee little bee juice. Yeah. Poured it on the ground. Yeah. For hey. sure I'm going to drink the rest yeah, of this absolutely. beer. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's not going to stop me. No, not at all. Um, that, yeah, that is really fascinating. Um, well, now this bee has me distracted. But <laughs> what I was going to say is, in this transformation of this time 
are there any small businesses again they could be a part of this distillery experience or or not maybe a restaurant or other types of retail that you've seen adapt or what surprised you about people's adapting in this time i think what surprised me is how in a small town everyone supported everybody when i say that you know i'm looking around and there's three small owned restaurants right in our view right now and um, you know they had to shut down for a while but very quickly they worked to adapt with carry out we worked with changing our ordinances in the city uh-huh. to allow them to put chairs and everything outside to allow them to have a drive-through things to allow them to do anything they wanted just to get people to be able to come and pick up food there. And it's sort of like, why wasn't this happening all why the time? Why wasn't this happening all the time? Yeah. And I think that's so fascinating because now it was so easy and people wanted to support. I mean, people were eating downtown that never eaten downtown before because they wow. wanted to support these businesses yeah. and they wanted them to survive and get through all this. But now we've become a society of takeout yes. and drive in. They're still keeping it up, though. There's still people in the restaurants. I think that uh, they're all going to keep this whole new way of doing carry-out and drive-through and everything. They're going to keep it up totally. because it worked before, and people now are, are used to that, and they got a little spoiled with it. <laughs> so, you know, that's going to... But they adapted very, very well. And, and, you know, as a city, and I worked on the city, and I was on the COVID task force, we adapted on changing ordinances mm. to allow adaptation. You know, we, before you couldn't put tables all out in parking lots and all those things like that. It was for people coming in. We like changed things. You could put tables out. You could put picnic tables out. You could do this. You could, you know, rope offs and down, to, you know, areas on the sidewalk to put more tables and right, chairs out right. so people can eat outside. We adapted and we changed sign ordinances to allow people to have carry-out signs and all these things. It didn't matter what size, what color. You just put it out, we wanted people to get in. Right. So, you know, I think that as a city, we adapted and we really, really supported the businesses. Mm -hmm. And I think in essence, we've not had a business close. Wow. We've not had a business close. That's incredible. That's incredible. Mm. You know, when we opened back up and everybody came back to my office, we looked downtown and thought, I'm like, everyone's still here wow. and everyone's still open and do their doors think, opened up. Do you think that because, you know, of small town nature, do you think the consumers or us as consumer citizens, if you will, are people conscious of how their purchasing power, how their dollar is keeping these businesses alive? In a small town. Because you're sitting at church or a ball game or whatever next to these people that own these businesses. Uh-huh. And they were people you went to school with. They were your old girlfriend in high school, <laughs> your old boyfriend in high school. And they're the business owners here now. Right. So you want to support them. Although, I, you know, I, I taught they're all open. But some are struggling. I think we all got, it, all got used to Amazon and how easy it was yeah. to hit buy now and show up two days later the curse of convenience the curse of convenience and you know as as guilty as i am i will not buy anything that i can get here Mm -hmm. but what i can't get here i'm certainly an an amazon user but that was tough 
and some of our businesses are still struggling with that mm -hmm. people not coming in they're buying things online whether it be online at Amazon whether it be on Etsy or wherever it is yeah um, but they're surviving mm -hmm. and they're looking forward to the Christmas season oh that's that's their season yeah you know Christmas for them is Christmas I mean so it is many small businesses bank on November yeah to I would say even February because there's New Year's there's Valentine's yeah but November December right so much influx of cash yes and I have been so concerned who knows what a COVID winter looks like looks like right how are people thinking about that yeah. or preparing well or are they just well I, I think I think it's day to day right now mm -hmm. I think that we're lucky that our governor has allowed businesses to be open mm -hmm. we have masks and we social distance but we're still open you know, I was talking to a gentleman yesterday from London, from our books publishing company. London shut back down. Mm -hmm. He he went back home, and wow. they've closed a lot of them back down because their numbers started going up. So I'm just praying that that doesn't happen here, that our businesses can stay open. We are going to knock it out of the park for Christmas this year. We're going to decorate this town oh. like it's never been decorated. And we usually have this big, huge light-up event to where we have a countdown the day after Thanksgiving and we light all the lights up that Santa Claus comes in on the fire truck and it, I mean it's like a Hallmark Christmas movie wow. it honestly is maybe and, I should come uh, back yeah. and like meet my Hallmark gentleman to yeah. sweep me off my <laughs> feet. feet here you know <laughs> you know it's well, always a big man. city girl yeah. and you know small town that's literally yeah. the setup that's right? exactly the setup okay and, you great know, that so, sounds like me <laughs> so we're going to decorate the town because we can't do the light up event because yeah. of the people that are gathering we have thousands of people that come yeah so and we're not going to do a virtual light up I absolutely refuse to do a virtual light up mm -hmm. I'm not gonna do it. I'm just gonna light it up yeah and then every night have some kind of hopefully uh, not every night maybe every weekend have a light show and a light tour mm -hmm. that people can come in and see all the lights yeah and, like, and we're going to go all out on that this year because we think people deserve it yeah you know they deserve really a holiday nice. they deserve a celebration and it's my goal in life for Barston to be known as Christmas Town. I mean, we got oh, bourbon. Really? Okay. We got most beautiful. Well, that's not <laughs> enough. <laughs> now I want to be known as Christmas Town. Okay. You know, so we're hoping that people have to come here for the spirit mm -hmm. of the holidays, whether mm -hmm. it's the spirit of bourbon or the spirit of anything oh, else. And maybe they'll be drinking the bourbon and see ghosts of Christmas past in there. <laughs> Well, and we have we have little scenarios in town that actually do all those little really? things. So yeah, oh, our Old Kentucky amazing. Home State Park here does all the the Christmas Carol kinds of reenactments wow. and things. Yeah, it's fun. Oh my actors gosh. to come in. I really do need to come back. For you my do Hallmark need to come movie. back. You do. I mean, <laughs> the people that I work with because I've been doing this twenty years, and the people who know me know I'm crazy. And I had these, I had these lofty goals. Tell and, me them. I love a lofty goal. And we, I, they said we could not be the most beautiful small town in America. That was my project. Mm -hmm. And I had everybody saying, "Well, we're not going to win. We're not going to win." I'm like, "Fuck on, we're going to win." Yeah. So, and we won. They said, "You can't be the bourbon capital." By golly, we're going to be the bourbon capital. We it. got that. Check that box. Check mm -hmm. the other box. So we're going to be Christmas town. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to be. I want to be a scene in a setting. For a Hallmark Christmas movie, mm. and I sent them. I sent a whole video reel into Hallmark oh, Channel wow. last year Love of that. all of our Christmas stuff. I'm like, most of them are filmed in Canada. I understand that, mm -hmm. but by golly, just one time they can do one in Bardstown. I mean, shoot, talk about economic development. When oh, you get yeah. some of that mm -hmm. film money, that'd be great. 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love where your head's at. Yeah. So outside of the distilleries and this being the bourbon mecca at the center. Yes. Are there the tangential industries, other types of jobs people have mm-hmm. in and around Bardstown? Oh, absolutely. What What are those comprised of? And that's pretty much what I do on a daily basis mm-hmm. is the other jobs outside of that too. Our number one um, employment is manufacturing. Mm. And we are a very large automotive manufacturing community. Mm. We make a lot of parts for Toyota. We make lots of parts for Ford 150s and 250s and 350 trucks. We make, you know, we do a lot of, um, you know, car part automotive stuff here. Mm -hmm. That's probably the the biggest employment over bourbon even. Oh, wow. We have 10 Japanese companies here. Whoa. 10 Japanese companies. Toyota. uh, Well, they're not the Toyotas, but they're the suppliers to Toyota. Interesting. And then we have... You know, bread makers, Flyer Foods makes nature's own bread. That's oh, made here wow. in Bardstown. So, you know, we have a big manufacturing base here. Huh. So that's that's our number bread, one employer. Bread, bourbon, car parts. I know. Why not? <laughs> bread and bourbon make you know that bread pudding. Sense. Yeah. So you know, we got we could be the bread pudding capital of the world. Ooh. Maybe we could do the Guinness World Record size oh, of bread wow. pudding. I don't know. That's a thought too. I should get on that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you see a lot of people starting? Of course, there are the restaurants we mentioned that are small business owners, but other types of products other than, of course, bourbon. But do people turn, again, what's farmland around here into salsas, jams, breads, like other people making products? We don't have as much of the the farm to table things here. Mm-hmm. We have those people doing them independently at home. Yeah. You know, we do have a lot of that. We have a farmers market three days a week here. Oh wow. And if you go there, you'll find the jams and the salsas mm-hmm. and all those types of things being made there. Yeah. And and that's fun. Basically, from you know, those are some home businesses. Mm-hmm. But uh, not not as many of those mm-hmm. as you know I would like to see. Honestly. Yeah. Most of our things would be retail uh, the entire downtown or our restaurants boutiques mm. upscale um, upscale like clothing clothing mm-hmm. things like that so you know our downtown is an attraction in itself as I say people come here just for the shopping oh, wow. and they may never go anywhere else except the, the two blocks of downtown to do all that shopping and they may just come in here to eat not know we even have bourbon Hmm. or know we're the most beautiful but they know it's just a cute small town they want to go to with great shops oh interesting Um, but not not as much on the probably not as much on the food front as I would love when we walked in and got this I got this delicious bourbon barrel beer the lovely young lady who served us was commenting on the great sweater you're wearing. Oh, yes. <laughs> and she was like, I got to shop more downtown because everything here is just so cute and everyone's so stylish. Yeah, yeah, and that's true. And we have those kinds of shops where you get things you don't you don't see. Now, I am looking across the, the, the parking lot here while we're sitting outside at our newest downtown business, and it's a brewery. Oh, okay. And there are two local guys. Right and over there. Yeah, uh-huh, it's uh-huh. called Scout and Scholar Brewery. And um, they built this brewery because it was that one, you know, piece of the puzzle that was missing mm-hmm. in Bardstown. Of course, we have bourbon, which is great, but people come, they love 
you know, breweries. Yeah. And so they're building one. It's set to open in November. And Scout and Scholar, named after the two guys the, that uh, founded Bardstown, the Bard Boys. One was a Scout and one was a Scholar. The Bard Boys? The Bard Boys from that name that started Bardstown. Wow. And so that's going to be an amazing, amazing new restaurant mm. and brewery and bar in downtown Bardstown. So that's going to kind of, I always call it a little piece of the puzzle. That's another little piece of the puzzle that's being put in there yeah. to help, you know, make us whole with what we can do and diversify mm -hmm. what we have here. Show this like entrepreneurial spirit yes, of the town. Absolutely. But now I kind of need to know about these Bard Boys. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Bard Boys was, you know, we were founded in 1780 and the Bard Brothers, you know, they were scouts and land people and mm. they bought the land here and it ended up being Bardstown. Wow. So and one was a scout and one was you know a smart guy was a scholar and so that's what we decided uh, that's what those guys and the fun thing about these guys one guy they're both involved in the bourbon industry mm. meaning that one um, contracts for the electrical work at distilleries the other one is from a family and a company that's well known nationwide that builds most of the distilleries huh. in the country. Wow. And all these beautiful warehouses you see peppered across our landscape. Nice. Um, so they've decided they wanted to do something a little bit different. But you know, there will be a bourbon flair oh, in I'm that sure. brewery. Yes, oh, yes. Yes. You know, definitely. something I've noticed with some microbreweries across at least the mid Atlantic, some also in the West Coast, is that they'll take the mash, the leftover spent grain yes. from the brew and turn it into granola bars. Granola bars? Yeah. Well, maybe I need to go recruit one of those companies <laughs> to come to Bardstown to really fulfill all of our needs here. It's like a whole wow. full, full circle. Yeah, yeah. Closed loop supply. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I know. That's so, something I've not heard. Right. So I just, uh, as you're talking about how each part of the process of making bourbon is here, like as these other businesses pop up, like um, you can have a scarcity mindset and feel like oh woe is me the world is like happening to me like sad times or you can have this opportunity mindset and realize oh my gosh there's exponential right opportunities and businesses to be created right and here I thought our mash only went to feed our cows here. <laughs> and that's where the majority of it goes here. Could the farmers it pick it up and they're the happiest cows in the world. You know, our that cows too. are happy in, in Kentucky, uh, you know, because they, they get to feed on, you know, mash from the bourbon. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that sounds nice too. Yeah, yeah. So if anyone wanted to find you, uh -huh. the book, or learn about Bardstown, how are people finding you online? Well, you know, it's very easy. Visit Bardstown.com. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to find us. On that website, you're, you're pretty much going to learn everything you want to know, things to see. There's a whole page or two dedicated to bourbon. Wow. Um, we've updated it each week for what's open and the hours that have changed due to COVID because there are some changes. Mm -hmm. So we keep that updated each week. And then from there, you know, you can you can find out pretty much anything, you know, you need to know about, about Bardstown. The book is, we're gonna do a book launch next week. Oh, amazing. Yes, so uh, the Kentucky Bourbon Festival, which used to bring 50 to 55,000 people here, wow. was to be held in September. When COVID, we moved it to October next weekend, and then we had to cancel it due to the regulations by our governor on numbers. So we went virtual. 
So I want, if you want to learn a little bit about bourbon, no cost. We're having a virtual bourbon festival. Amazing. And it's going to be next, you know, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Wow. And you can go visit barsound.com or go to kybourbonfestival.com and sign up for these virtual that you're going to learn how to make cocktails you're going to talk to the biggest master distillers in the world and be able to hear why they're there how they're there we have a whole segment dedicated on the book as well too so um, that's kybourbonfestival.com to learn more about that or just go to visitbartstown.com amazing and i know that you can also buy your book on amazon amazon Mm -hmm. that's easy yeah i'm gonna rebirth the bourbon just Put in Rebirth of Bourbon and that book pops up. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad to know you. Yeah, good. Well, I'm glad to know you. You're going to have to be an honorary Barstonian now oh, and Barstonian. come back. Yeah, that's a good name, too. Oh, wow. That, that sounds very official. I mean, my name is Kim Bryden, so I feel like Kim Bryden Barstonian. Yes, it fits. Really fits. It fits. It Especially does. when I'm going to be the lead actress in your Hallmark movie. Yes. When I meet this gentleman. We meet the gentleman, yeah, yeah the, in the bourbon industry. Yeah, yeah. Do you think I should just go to a distillery? Oh, well, Hang I'm going out. to Buffalo Trace, but that's a little bit out of, it's not it's, here. It's only an hour from here. Yeah. We still consider that, you know, okay, our great. own. We're all family in the bourbon industry. Yeah. yeah. I'll just show up there, suddenly meet a man. It happens, I'm telling you, it could happen. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Did you know that the tidbit is derived from a bi-weekly newsletter that we send out at Curate? In it, we discuss what we're reading, eating, drinking, listening to, and learning. Five quick morsels of information to get you in the know and on top of your game. Head over to curate.co, C-U-R-E-A-T-E dot co to sign up. Also, we would love if more listeners like you could find out about the tidbit. Our mission at Curate includes the sharing of education and access to resources. And the best way to reach more folks like you is to leave a review on iTunes. Seriously, head over and let us know what tidbit of knowledge resonated with you. Until next time, remember to scale thoughtfully and source locally.